0: It's the JT the Brick show. They get the snap off. Hand off Jacobs. That's the first down of big hole. 15 10, 5, touchdown Raiders. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came. The sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. After car in the shotgun. Back to pass. Climbs the pocket. Eyes downfield. Fires a strike to Devontae. The 25. Breaks away 20. 15, 10, 5. Dives. Touchdown Raiders. And now, here's JT the Brick.
1: Out of the gate, JT with you. Thanks for joining us today as we open up the show. Mondays we call it the aftermath during the season. And this is the last aftermath of the Raiders' loss to Kansas City and the end of the season. So that's what we do on Mondays. Uh, From here on out on Mondays, I'm going to be recapping the NFL playoffs or any other breaking news that is out there. So this is the last aftermath into the new year for the Raiders as we recap the loss. But it should be more detailed than the ones we've had in the past because we've always had a game to look forward to after a win or a loss, a really tough loss, a dramatic win like the Chandler-Jones Lateral play, the overtime wins against Denver and Seattle, those were fun shows. And then the heartbreaking losses with the double-digit leads that they lost. Monday has always been a compelling show for us because the fans understand what we do here. We look, we evaluate, we criticize, we praise, we do what we have to do, and then we move on to the next opponent. And that's really where my mind's at, but there's no more next opponent. So I'm moving on to the playoffs, and I'm going to move on to these other teams, middle of the week here, and start doing some previews and talking to guests as we head to the Super Bowl with Raider Nation Radio, and we're going to continue to cover football. going to mix in some other topics such as the NBA, we're going to be talking about the Golden Knights, UNLV basketball, uh, college basketball, whatever it takes here, and then... Our priority will always be breaking news. If the Raiders decide to go after a quarterback, they trade a pick, they get ready for the draft. We'll do a lot of draft coverage, as you know. I love this draft. I love the Raiders where they could pounce in this draft or what they want to do. That'll be a big topic as we go forward. And I'm not going to be the show that every day talks Raiders until I'm blue in the face about nothing. I'm not talking about backup running backs. I'm not talking about backup practice squad players. Done. Done with that. I don't do it in the regular season. God knows I'm not doing it in the off season. So I got my name on this show. I know how to do a talk show. I got a couple of them. And what we're going to do is we're going to transition into the Raiders off season and talk about the topics that are a priority, the real topics that are a priority. And we're just not going to sit here and talk about nothing and nothing and gossip and what could be. Unless it's really good. You know, Ian Rappaport says, Tom Brady's out in Vegas to meet with the owner. Then we'll, then we'll do we'll do that nonstop. But until I see something that we can wrap our heads around on and talk about here, we're going to wait for the Raiders to make some news. And I think that's the goal of this organization is to make some news and to do some things because they took a step backwards, obviously with the win-loss record. Uh, They made a couple of decisions. They've tried to clean up what they want to do going forward as an organization with football operations, what they're going to do with the draft, what they're thinking about doing with their staff, what they're doing with their scouting department and the plan in general. But unless we have something in front of us to debate or talk about here, again, it's not going to be negative, negative, negative Raiders radio for six months. I won't have it, it won't live here, it could live on other shows, and please go find and sample those shows. But here, we're going to talk about what happened this year, how to fix it, and talk about the reality of this organization going forward. We're not here to kill 10 minutes and go to commercial about something that doesn't mean anything. We want to do really good radio, which we think we do. We have a plan every day, we like to succeed with what we do here every day, it might not be for everybody, But uh, we think we know what we're doing here. And what we got to do is start this week now with what happened this year. What happened this year? Let it fly like you have throughout the year. Your concerns, as I always said, the only rule we have is keep it respectful. Don't make it personal. Don't make it personal. Keep it respectful about what changes you'd like to see in the offseason. And I think there's got to be a lot. So the head coach spoke today. We have some sound coming up from him that I'll get to. But the monologue is brought to you by P.T.'s. They fuel the monologue, 5 to 7, midnight to 2, the best happy hour in town. Tonight's a great night for P.T.'s. They're all good, but tonight's the national championship in college football. So I'd go to P.T.'s between 5 and 7, and you get half price drinks. The food will be great. They'll have the game on every television, and that's a great place if you're looking for a game. If you want to go to a large sports book, if you want to go to one of those parties, you can do it. I would just go to a local PTs they're on every corner, 64 locations here in the Valley. They will have the game on. They are ready for you to come in and join them during happy hour when the game's on. So you can really have a good time there. All right. My big picture on what happened to the Raiders this year is they did a lot. They made a bold GM and coaching hire together, which brought along a lot of assistant coaches and a scouting department to try to sit down with Mark Davis and get the organization to where it hasn't been in a long time. And John Gruden tried to do that. It was a big, bold hire there with Mike Mayock. Uh, They tried to do that with Jack Del Rio and Reggie McKenzie. And all the coaches and GMs have had some success along the way, some good players drafted. But more or less, what's hurt the Raiders here over the last couple of years is the amount of misses that they've had high profile in the draft. They've gone after players. They've reached for players. They brought in players from certain schools. From certain cultures that they thought would fit this and it hasn't worked. From going back to Henry Ruggs to Damon Arnett to go through, you know, Tanner Muse to any player you want to talk about. There's a lot of players who I don't even know where the hell they are in this league. And some of them have gone on and played. And, you know, look at some of the players that we've seen that have left this organization. Zay Jones, who's once a Raider, always a Raider. Some have gone on to better teams or better situations because they're in the playoffs. But in general, what's torpedoed the Raiders the last year where they won 10 games and did quite well, they had to run the table, win four in a row, and what hurt them this year was all the previous draft picks that did not work out. I think that's the biggest problem of all. You can blame that anywhere. You could talk about Dave Ziegler's picks this year that you like or don't like. You can look at the picks that worked out for Mayock and Gruden, which would be Hunter Renfro and Max Crosby. But the majority of the players that they've drafted since they've come to Las Vegas, has put the franchise back from a personnel level. And that's unfortunate because we want all these guys to do well. When they get drafted, Divine Diablo, whoever it is, Trevor Merrick, you know, they bring in Garyon Conley back in the day. They get DJ Hayden. DJ Hayden coming off a heart issue. What was that pick about? Well, you want him to do well. All of these picks, but the recent picks has put the Raiders backwards because they got to dig out of this hole. They don't have enough good players. Dave Ziegler knew that when he took the job. He didn't take the job to come in here and win 13 games. And if you haven't figured that out by now, I'm really troubled by that. That they would have wanted to win 13 games. They should have won 9 or 10. They flamed out in a couple of these games where they had double-digit leads and should have easily won the game. Some of them would have been a little bit tougher, but a couple of them easier. But they still had the big problem in the background, the elephant in the room. That when these new fresh eyeballs that came from the Patriots, the Patriot way, they came from there and they're better at evaluating because they have six Super Bowls and they're the last dynasty we've seen in this league. They have a different way of looking at players than the Raiders have in the past. They have a different grading system. They have different ways of not reaching for draft picks, developing players with the coaches and doing all that. So that's a big culture change. That's what they want to do going forward, and if they got it right in the first year and won nine or ten games again and they or eleven, and they get it right next year and they win more, they'd be setting the groundwork and the foundation to have an organization on the football side that you can talk about with Baltimore, the names I've talked about with Dave Ziegler, Green Bay, the Patriots, go down the list of the winning, stable organizations, Pittsburgh, that go to the playoffs almost every year. They have a plan, and they follow that plan, and it normally works out. So that's why those gentlemen were hired to come in here to fix that. They were vetted by Mark Davis, and also we know that they vetted Mark Davis. They had plenty of opportunities. They could have stayed back in New England. They could have waited for another job. I mean, there's 10 job openings every year. And Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels would have got hired easily from another organization. But they believe in the Raiders. They love the facility. They love the stadium. They love the fans. I know that's hard for you to believe because some of your fans don't like the coach. He actually loves the fans. And they took a swing this year and they failed. They failed. They've done a lot of good things in the building, they think, to establish the consistency to be good long-term. But you are what your record is. So that's what I think is the big deal first, is that overall... They looked at the players from last year, two years ago, three years ago, and they're looking forward to the players that they want going forward, and it's kind of a mess. All right, I'll just put that out there. It's kind of a mess to look at the players that they clearly didn't want but they couldn't trade or get rid of, and they had them under contract and they didn't want the dead cap hit. So, all right, let's let them play out the rest of their Raider career, which was this year. They're not coming back, and let's set ourselves up with the Derek Carr $40 million and some of the other moves here so we can pounce in this offseason if we made the playoffs or not. And they didn't make the playoffs, but the plan's still the same. The plan is right where they need to be. Have a lot of money, have really good draft picks that they haven't traded away yet because they had to trade away a first and second to get Devonte. I thought that was a good move. I thought that was a great move by Dave Ziegler. But now they seem to be poised to do what they want to do. And that's the purpose of this monologue. Whatever you think about them to begin with, whatever you think about them now, and whatever you think about going forward, you cannot deny or debate that this now is go time. Everything that's going to happen going forward is no longer connected to Gruden and Mayock, no longer connected to Reggie and Jack. It's all on Ziggler and it's all on McDaniels. Anybody who comes back, here, you can actually say on my radio show, wait a second, I didn't think that player was good enough to be back as a Raider, why the hell are they here? That's a fair question. I don't think you could ask that last year, because my answer would have been, well, they have to cut the person, they couldn't find a trade partner, it was this and that. Now, they got a whole long offseason to purge this roster of the players that they don't think are smart enough, athletic enough, good enough, and most importantly, evaluated properly, By the former regime, because they believe that they are better, and they should. That's why they got the job that they're better at evaluating going forward. So from here on out, it's all on them. It's all on what they want to do going forward, and if you believe in it or not. And that could be a franchise quarterback veteran. That could be trading draft picks to move up from seven to one or two to get the star quarterback they believe in the future. It could be hiring a new defensive coordinator or not. Whatever they're going to do. It's completely their team now, as I think there was a lot more of, hey, clean up on aisle four, clean up on aisle 12. They had a lot of work to do, and it was hard. And I think they swung and missed on a few. They realized some players didn't need to be here, and they're trying to get to this offseason with a clean slate. And it might not be clean. There probably a couple other guys on this team. That they can't move, or they they don't they can't move the contract, or they might not be able to find a better player, and they're going to have to hold back with a player or two, which ideally they wouldn't want to have here going forward. That's called the business. When you run a business, it's not perfect. Look at the stock market every day. Look at businesses going under. It's hard. You got to make a lot of decisions. You don't make one or two. You got to make like thirty. You got to make like forty decisions with this with this roster and building it out. So for the Raiders. I think this offseason is going to be entertaining. I think some of it's going to be fun, but I think it's going to be hard. And I think you got to really put your trust in Dave Ziegler and believe in him that he can handle what's about to happen here because he better do it, and he knows he has to do it, and he wants to do it, and he has a plan. So all of this has got to come through. I use this term often in politics when it comes to an election. You know, seven or eight people run in the primaries. Well, the one or two that come out of it have to thread the needle. They have to do everything right. They have to raise money. They have to campaign well. They have to do things. They have to partner up and do deals. And then there's one or two left standing. Well, what the Raiders need to do here in the offseason, a term you're going to hear a lot, is they have to thread the needle. They have to be great in free agency. They have to be great in the draft. Seattle was just great in the draft. They made the playoffs. And they're going to have to find a way to keep everybody on the same page which is one of the positives about this season. You're not on the same page, but the the locker room has been. Pretty much it has been. Now, if one of these players leaves and is going to get cut here and not be back and he goes on a podcast, he goes bussing with the boys and says, hey, I didn't like the coach or this or that, I get that. That happens. But in general, the coaches and the players, especially the star players, were on the same page. They played really hard. They trained really hard. They practiced really hard. And they seem to have been prepared for all of this. The big issue became they didn't execute on game day. And that's why everybody's to blame the head coach, the quarterback, the offensive line, the defensive coordinator. There's a lot of blame to go around because I believe, like many people, they did everything right during the week to get ready for these games. And then something happened on game day where it didn't work out. They played too slow, they didn't play up tempo, they didn't have any interceptions. But a couple of things worked out really well. They had the leading rusher in the league. How about that? They had the best wide receiver in the league, breaking all these Raider records, single-season record of Tim Brown for Devontae. And Max Crosby keeps getting better, better, and better. Uh, the, the special teams, the kicker and the punter, are elite. They're not good. They're elite. So there's some things to build around and do well with. But I'm surprised going into this season that there are more holes than I expected. And I admit when I'm wrong, I screw up five times a day before breakfast. And I thought coming into this season, I wasn't comfortable picking the Raiders to win 10 games because I thought there was going to be a little bit of regression because of the roster. But I thought they were a 10 or 11 win team, and I think the record showed they were a 9 to 10 win team. They weren't an 11 or 12 win team. They weren't. But they could have been a 9 or 10 win team, and it could have been kind of the same thing as last year where they needed to really hustle at the end of the year to get to double digits. Last year, they really had to hustle at the end of the year to win four in a row to get to 10. Okay, it was no guarantee they were going to win four in a row, but they did. And tip of the cap to Rich Passaccia and that staff for doing that last year. So when I came home on Saturday night, normally I'm the life of the party. My phone's blowing up. I do the postgame show. And a bunch of my friends are in town. What are we doing? We're going out to dinner. And I came home, and I just looked around, and I said, I'm toast. I am absolutely flamed out. My brain is like fried. I'm physically tired. I think I walked more steps than I ever did. I had my sons with me, so we did black hole tailgate. They had some field passes. I was down there, was up there walking around the whole game, had a good game. And I came home and I just sat back and I said to myself, wow, what a season. I love this. This is the biggest opportunity and blessing of my life to work for this team, work for this radio station. I don't take it for granted. You know that. I don't mail it in. I don't take it for granted. I want this team to win. I love this team. I love the people who employ me. I want everybody to win. I want everybody to be great all the time. And I feel the same way back, coming back at me. Everybody that I know from the coach, the GM, the owner, uh, people behind the scenes, people in the locker room that I talk to, we all want to be on the same page and win. It's a family. It really is a family. But this year was hard. It was really hard because of the drama of the games. Not the drama in the locker room. Not the drama with the gossip. What happened for me personally for the first time in a long time is the games were so dramatic and the losses were so hard. The losses stayed with me and stayed with you and stayed with the coaches and players longer because they were mind-blowing losses. The Baker Mayfield game and the Kyler Murray game were two of the worst losses in the franchise's history dating back to nineteen sixty, and they both happened in the same season. It, it, with big twenty-point lead and a sixteenth to three lead, which really would have propelled this team to the playoffs or at least on the back end of the wild card. And then the Pittsburgh game when I thought the Raiders were coming out of this, they had the Pittsburgh game and then the Pittsburgh game, Franco Harris's fiftieth anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, that one was a mind blower too. And then, clearly, the Derek Carr exit strategy on top of that. So, I get paid if it's good or bad. I want it to be really good, but this was a hard, hard season. It was hard on a lot of people. All Mark Davis wants to do is win. I know that as I'm knowing him and being close to him. All he wants to do is win. He's frustrated. I know the coach is good as anybody in town. He's super frustrated. I know the GM who's a really good guy. He's frustrated and everybody in that locker room up and down that organization and the fans want to win. The problem is I got to deal with the fans who I love dealing with and the fans this year had the right to be and have been more negative than any time. I remember dating back to my years in Oakland when my first four years, the team went to the playoffs every year. The negativity was at a sky high level and a lot of people made it personal a lot of people were vindictive about it. Now, I know that's just a small group of people, but they tend to be the loudest on radio and they tend to be loud on sports, um, you know, social media. But that wears on you after a while when you want to be positive and you want to kind of get this train going and get everybody on the same page. And I've all told you hosting the show, you, you do whatever the hell you want. I'm available, I'm at the torch, I'm in the J-lot, I'm on the radio. You can find me anywhere you want, anytime you can find me to have a conversation about this team. We have the new Raiders Roundtable, really proud of that podcast, doing really well, where with Lincoln, Kennedy, and Q, we talk about all of these, a little bit looser than I'm used to in the past, and we have a conversation there. So, to sum up the monologue, it it was tough. It was a gut punch. That's a term we use in sports. It hurt. There are a lot more down moments than up moments. But what happens going forward? Is there a sense of urgency? These gentlemen who came over from New England have been much more urgent than any group I've seen in Raider history, coaches and GM. That's not a knock on the other ones. These guys are much more intense than... And their plan is much more specific and their vision is much more unique than other ones who are all good people, all good coaches, but these guys come from a hierarchy and a group led by Bill Belichick where they do it a little bit tighter and a little bit different and it's going to rub some people the wrong way if you're not on the inside and you know the plan ideally. But that doesn't work if you win six games. You got to win more than six games. And they know it. The owner knows it. I know it. And you know it. So we got a long offseason, man. There's a lot. I don't got three co-hosts. We don't do cheeseburger shows. We don't review movies much. We're talking sports. And this offseason, everything's going everything's to happen this offseason, man. This offseason's going to have everything you could imagine. And everything you could imagine going forward. You're going to have Tom Brady talk. Aaron Rodgers talk. Jarrett Stidham talk. Where did did Derek Carr end up? Who's the big free agent? What's going to happen in the draft? Are they trading up in the draft? Are they standing back? Are they moving back? Wow, this is going to be a beauty, as my mom would say. It's going to be a beauty. It's going to have every box checked off this offseason. And I have no idea what's going to happen. I really don't. I, I know what I'd like to see happen, and that's what I'll put into all these shows. I think I know what you want to see happen. You just want to win games, but there's certain things you'd like to see. And we're all going to go on this journey together. And hopefully people will calm down a bit. Maybe they won't. Hopefully people will understand some things they don't know of, really. Maybe they won't. And then maybe we come out of this and we go into next preseason and you look at the schedule, because I have the schedule in front of me, not the dates, but who the Raiders are going to play. And you look at this and you say, you know, the Raiders can do something super special. They could go on a monster run. Okay, this isn't the Houston Texans. This isn't the Jaguars. This is the Eagles from a couple of years ago. We were all at the Eagles game two years ago. They are out of the thing. They had no chance. They are exactly like the Raiders. Actually, the Raiders were better than the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. They were better. Then the Eagles had a really good draft. They had good free agency, and their plan that they had with Nick Sirianni when they wanted to fire Nick Sirianni on WIP, Fact Not Fiction, the plan decided to work. They had one offseason and everything worked. This team has the opportunity to do something special, but they have more holes than I thought of, and that disappoints me. Because if they came up short this year and won nine or ten games or nine games and missed the playoffs, and they had better players and they only needed to fill a few holes, I'd be going gangbusters right now. I'd be going crazy. I'd be like, oh, my God, we only need one linebacker. We only need one corner. We only need one offensive lineman, and that's not the case. We, I say this together on the flagship, we need three offensive linemen. We need two defensive tackles or one. We need two linebackers. We need two or three people in the secondary. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot that has to happen here. And the guys who come in, and they're going to be coming in, I don't want to hear about practice squad players. I want to hear about players that are going to be developed on the practice squad I want to see free agents who I know their names or they have upside. I want to see draft picks who played well and they have great tape out there and they're leaders and they're ready to go. And then I want to see what's going to happen at quarterback. I'm not into developing a quarterback right now unless he's a star quarterback, it, unless it's Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, and I'd be all in on that. And I'd love Tom Brady and i bleep and love Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so I'm all over the ice. There's a lot of things I would like here, okay? I'm I'm into any plan. I'm into the young quarterback plan, bridge quarterback. I'm into the superstar legend for one year, a one-year F1 Super Bowl year. Give me Tom Brady on every bleeping casino from head to toe down there, the size of a size of a skybreaker. I'm into that. I'm into a lot of things here, and I'm going to work it out in time on the radio broadcast. 702-365-9200. Chris in West Oakland leads off the aftermath. What's happening?
0: Hey, JT, man, what a year! Uh, you know, first off, I'm just going to hit the quarterback real. We'll talk more about that. I look, I, if the Raiders were one player away, I, I get the Tom Brady. If you gave me a choice between Brady and Rogers. I'd go with Rodgers simply because I believe you get more years. At this point, we're not even sure if both of them are going to play football next year. But the one luxury the Raiders have had in the last eight years, JT, they never had to look for a quarterback. We knew Derek Carr was going to be our guy. However, unlike most teams... We didn't have the pieces around him. We never had that defense. Well, now we've got to figure out the defense and figure out the quarterback. So we'll figure out how that goes down there. And one thing I want to disagree a little bit, I heard you say on the postgame, you know, the Raiders weren't a great team. They had to win four straight to make the playoffs last year. But they did that. Mm-hmm. They had they wouldn't have made the playoffs this year if they would have won their four straight. For whatever reason, there was a disconnect. There, maybe Carr and McDaniels wasn't a great fit. I said, I'm not on here to you know to argue about that. I'm not on here to throw stones at Josh McDaniel. We're past that now. You're right. This is all about moving forward. What are the Raiders going to do? So here's my, my thing, what they're going to do. And I, I think I've been fair with Ziegler and McDaniels. I haven't been one of these guys on here hollering for their jobs. But I don't believe that the Patriot way, quote-unquote, that I keep hearing about and their six Super Bowls, as of now, the evidence, and this is an opinion, the overwhelming evidence and facts are the Patriot way has never even produced a division championship when Tom Brady isn't the quarterback. So what I'm going to say is this. I believe I can do both. I can hope and support Dave Ziegler and Daniels to get this right while still being skeptical. You're right. I know the people as well as you do, JT, the ones that want to fire and they want to make it personal. I don't have a lot of hope that they're going to get it right based on the evidence. I hope they do, but I think it's a fair point from Raider fans. Looking at the history of the Patriot assistant coaches, when they leave Tom Brady and they leave New England, they haven't gotten it right. So I'm going to go into the offseason like this. My, my support is fully behind McDaniels and Ziggler. We don't have a choice. I hope that get it, they get it right, but at the t- same time, I believe I'm justified in my position that I'm skeptical that they will, but I'll never make it personal. I know they're doing the best job they can, but damn, JT, I'm tired of this crap. It's been 20 years, and you know what a diehard I am. Just once, I wish they wouldn't make it. Give me that easy 12-4 and 4 year, get me a buy in the playoffs. It's been 20 years, JT. We need it as a fan base, so I hope Ziggler and McDaniels get it right, my... My support is fully in their corner. But come week six or seven next year, JT, if this team gets out of the gate slow again, Mm -hmm. I don't think Mark Davis is going to be quite as quite as patient so we'll see go do it guys this is why you're making millions of dollars give me a freaking winning team on the field next year and i'll call and eat pro and come in with my tail between my legs thank you my friend as always
1: let, let me rant talk to you yeah later. no problem chris and you have the right to be skeptical many people are and should be because of what happened last year as i said on the post game show this team needed to win four in a row the cleveland game was a miracle the weather and all that but they did the indie game they had to win they did so they, they took care of business, and they were in the same boat this year. They didn't even have to win four in a row this year. After they took care of business and they won four and they were looking at them in five in a row and then maybe six in a row, the Pittsburgh game derailed everything, and the Ram game derailed everything. They were very similar, same, a lot of the same players, different coaches, but they put themselves in that position after the slow start last year to win four in a row and get in. They didn't win a playoff game. They're in the same boat this year. But this year they even lost more dramatically because they had all those double-digit leads, which the team last year didn't have. And if they didn't blow those double-digit leads, it might not have been as difficult to win four in a row like the Basaccia team was able to do. A lot went into that. Bad luck, bad, uh, I think, game day execution. You could say coaching or the players not living up to what what they were supposed to do with their preparation. So much fault to go around. So much fault to go around. And we've heard it all. What fault have we not heard? We've had people criticize the Patriot way. We've had people criticize the coach at an alarming rate. We had people criticizing the quarterback. We had people criticizing Waller and Renfro for not being available. We've checked off every box on the criticism box list. We've touched it all. There's nothing we've left out or avoided here. We're just trying to figure out, hey, you know, that was rough. What happened there? You can't lose five double-digit games in the second half with leads. You can't do that again. And that'll never happen again, maybe in football. Forget about the Raiders. That won't happen in the league for a number of years, what they were able to do on on that front, which was really tough to see. The Cardinals fire Cliff Kingsbury. I think he's a good offensive coordinator, not a great head coach. Me and Rich Cannon are going back and forth on that on Twitter. Steve Kimes stepping aside, so they're going to have a full rebuild over there in the desert. Belichick's going to be back for his 24th season. And I have the playoffs in front of me. Oh, man, and I'm going to get into the Chargers, too, and their situation. Man, the Chargers, every Raider fan should be a Jacksonville fan this week, and I'll tell you why coming up. 702-365-9200. Call in. It's the aftermath. We want to hear what you think about the end of the season and what's next.
0: out of the shotgun pressure up the middle floats one to the back corner of the end zone over the shoulder grab touchdown hunter redfro this one no doubt about it redfro ran under it made the grab in the back left corner of the end zone and the raiders for the first time today have six
1: that's jason horowitz on the call jt brought to you by modello the bucket of modello is alive this offseason the fighting spirit Bobby said to a no calls on hold. I said, I expected that. It's the aftermath. You know, people people leave me hanging, man. It's not convenient for the season's over. I didn't expect nine people on hold today. That's why I went 25 minutes on the monologue. Everybody's got a problem until you ask them about the problem. So here's the deal. It's the aftermath. Last one of the year on a Monday. It's for you to let it fly. What happened this year? Simple topic, right? Pretty easy. Your phone works, 702-365-9200. The aftermath. What happened this year? What happened against Kansas City? In regards to Kansas City coming in here, uh, Kansas City, their roster is a lot better. They have better players. No doubt about that. Uh, They embarrassed the Raiders with the ring around the uh, rosy play that they did that. I was surprised by that. But as I said on the post-game show, in the past, the Raiders did a victory lap around their building and stomped on their logo. Classic example of what goes around, comes around. I was surprised to see that from Mahomes and Andy Reid. But you know, the teams get excited to play here. A lot of their fans come. A lot of their fans come and buy the tickets, and they come in and they do that. They like to buy your tickets for a premium. They like to cheer. They go to have bottle service in the win club, and the players on the other team, if they're winning, get all jacked up, and they want to run over to the bottle service, the hot girls sitting in in the lower deck there, and they want to show off and do that all. You got to beat them. They don't do that if you beat them. If you put them down, stop them, and they need to do that because Kansas City, no doubt, is the favorite. Again, they'll have the MVP in Patrick Mahomes, the MVP, and they have a great Hall of Fame coach in Andy Reid. Several good coaches. Steve Bagnoli on defense. Eric Bieniemy, who should get a job. Don't know why he doesn't get a job. Uh, one of the names that are out there should come through the cycle this time. And Kansas City travels well, and they win a lot of games. They don't have as many Super Bowl wins as the Raiders. That's why we root heavy against Kansas City. And that's why I think it's important for you to uh, root against the Chargers coming up. So before we get to some Coach McDaniel sound that I want to play, I want to talk about the Chargers And what happened yesterday. So I'm watching the game. I'm sitting back with the Chargers and they're playing Denver and looking around. I got the red zone package and I I see a bunch of Charger players playing. And I switch over to the Giants game later and no one's playing for the Giants. (laughs) Daniel Jones isn't playing. Saquon Barkley. They're resting guys. But Brandon Staley is not. And I tweeted out because I never predict injuries, nor would I. But I reminded everybody in my tweet at JT the Brick that the Chargers are always hurt. They're always hurt. That's why the Raiders either sweep the Chargers or split with them because the Chargers are never at full strength. So I saw Derwin James on the field. I'm like, what is he doing on the field? That guy's a lunatic. That guy can blow out his shoulder on any play. And then I said, oh, my God, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are in the game. And the next thing you know, Mike Williams is carted off the field. Literally carted to the locker room with a lower back issue. And then on top of that, you see... Uh, Joey Bosa got dinged in that game, a stinger, whatever he is. He should be able to go, but he's not at 100%. And everybody in L.A. See, L.A. doesn't have a vibrant Chargers sports radio station, so they're not talking Chargers in L.A., but nationally they're wondering what happened with Brandon Staley. So there's some good and bad on this topic. The good news is if Brandon Staley stays as the head coach of the Chargers, that's good for the Raiders because he, he's a crazy guy on fourth down, I don't think he's a great coach, but he went to the playoffs this year. you got to give him credit for that. Or if they blow him out, which is my whole point here in a moment, if they blow him out, that's a job that a lot of people want only because of Justin Herbert. Listen, no one wants to be the head coach of the Chargers unless you want to be a head coach. You don't want to be the Chargers head coach. There's not a big fan base and all that, but you do get Justin Herbert. And if I'm Jim Harbaugh or if I'm Sean Payton, other than the taxes in L.A., But L.A. is a pretty cool place to live. But the taxes are insane, federal and state. So whatever you're making, chop it off below half. Not half. I'm talking below half. If you're Jim Harbaugh and you're coming back into this league, Jim Harbaugh took Colin Kaepernick to the Super Bowl. Remember him? And Colin Kaepernick was a hell of a player. He could do things outside the pocket, the RPOs. He was really good for a short period of time. Jim Harbaugh could have Justin Herbert for 10 years. I guarantee he wins a Super Bowl or two with Justin Herbert, if you put Jim Harbaugh there. So Raider fans, be careful what you wish for. But there are two coaches who will probably be fired who haven't been fired yet if they don't win a playoff game this time around. That'll be Brandon Staley with the Chargers and Mike McCarthy, who I'll get to later in the show, who I like. Good guy, got to know him on a special occasion. Mike McCarthy, if he doesn't win a game for the Cowboys, he's in trouble. Dak Prescott looked terrible yesterday for the Cowboys. I mean, brutal. And the Cowboys have to go play Tom Brady. Oh, they got to go play Tom Brady on grass. And the Chargers, uh, the Cowboys are 1-4 and four in that situation on the road. That is not an easy game for them. So I think the Chargers have an easier road playing Jacksonville. They could beat Jacksonville. Jacksonville's a flawed team. Jacksonville should have lost to Tennessee, but they won on a fumble, recovery, and score. Trevor Lawrence didn't play well. But if the Chargers lose, Brandon Staley will get fired. The Chargers are not going to go down this road anymore if they don't look good. And the coach got these guys hurt by playing them in a meaningless game. And I think Mike McCarthy will be out because Sean Payton's waiting on that gig. Also, the news today, Gilbert Manzano, who's an insider on this show and does a very good job, uh, Sean McVay in L.A. wants out badly. He wants out badly because he won a Super Bowl. He's got a beautiful young wife, a great life. He's got millions in the bank, and Fox is Begging him to come, ESPN, NBC is begging Sean Payton at 36 with his good looks and his knowledge to come to television. And there's no way to rebuild the Rams. They went all they went all in to win the Super Bowl. They did. Tip of the cat to them. But they don't have a high draft pick. Aaron Donald almost retired. He cannot fix that team. So it's easy for him to step away. Said, Hey, I went to two Super Bowls. I won one. I put this franchise on the map, got your new stadium, got this team to be legit. I'll come back in a couple of years and it won't be the Rams. That is a huge story developing. There could be a head coaching job open in the SoFi for two teams, the Rams and the Chargers coming up here. As Gilbert Manzano just tweeted eight minutes ago, Sean McVay said he's going to take the next couple of days to decide whether to return to the Rams next season. Quote, I don't want to rush. There's a lot of emotions right now. After this season, there's a lot of layers to this. There's a lot of people that it does affect. This is a joke. He wants out. And he has the right. This is a guy you can't question because he just won the Super Bowl. If it was a guy that just was burned out and wanted to move on, that's a different topic. But he has the right to go. He doesn't owe anybody anything there after delivering them that great championship. 702-365-9200. Nixon Long Island, where I was born and raised. Hello, Nick.
2: Hey, JT, how are
1: you? I'm doing good, thanks. All right, so the season's over, very disappointing. It's nothing that
2: anybody wanted. Um, obviously, the big thing is going to be the quarterback now. And I, I just, a lot of like the fan base was divided on him. Now they're divided, actually, it might be more than half divided on the coach. There's a lot of people, they're putting all the blown leads on the coach. They think it's the coach, they're citing it, it was a playoff team. But well, people don't realize, let's get 10 and 7, they started out five and two and that's coming off 2019 where they started six and four finished seven and nine 2020 we were six and three finished eight and eight this team always always had a finishing problem Mm -hmm. even last year we got lucky down the stretch we wound up starting five and two without six and seven we had to win the last four games a couple of against teams decimated with COVID our point margin last year was negative 65 coming into this game this week it was a minus five they lost nine games by one score These games have always been this way with this group of players. I'm not going to single out the quarterback. I don't think the quarterback is games like wins or a QB stat, but since Derek has been our quarterback, we never blew teams out. There were always games that, going back to even 1920, even last year, the playoff game, there were multiple score leads that we blew last year, whether it was the Thanksgiving game, the Miami game, even the Charger game in week 18. They were up double digits in that game, and they came back. We kept blowing games. We always had a problem putting teams away. That being said, don't tell me we're going to replace this guy with Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I do not. That is one. Like, Brady, Brady's the best of all time. We're going to go for it one year with him, with Devontae, Waller, upgrade the O-line. All right, fine. Do not – you cannot sell me on Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm okay. sorry. Even a, – a, I mean, I'm, I'm, you want to use a seventh pick on a quarterback, we'll do that. But we, we got to – it's time to compete right now. I'm not, I'm not here for another rebuilding year, mm-hmm. reset year. It's time. Go get Tom Brady. If Aaron Rodgers is leaving Green Bay, even entertain that depending on the cost of what it is to acquire him. But I think it was time for Derek, you know, the, those last games, especially the Steeler game and the Rams game. And most people forget the Patriot game was the same as the Rams and the Steeler mm-hmm. game, except that crazy play with Chandler Jones at the end where we just did nothing for the entire second half. Another blown double-digit lead. Luckily, we had a walk-off we had three walk-off wins since, what, November? These are, because these were all games we could never put a team away. And this goes back to 2015, whether it was Musgrave calling plays, Gruden calling plays, Greg Olson calling mm-hmm. plays, now it's McDaniels mm-hmm. calling the plays. There's a common denominator there. This isn't, you can't just put this all on Josh McDaniels now. Mm-hmm. This
1: has been going on for years. Yeah.
2: People need to realize that.
1: Yeah, appreciate it, Nick. Uh, the only pushback I'll give you on Garoppolo is he wins a lot of games. He wins a lot of games. You could say he played for New England and San Francisco. That helps, you know. He didn't. He didn't start. He played six games in New England in 2014, five, then six. So he had his chance, and he won games there. He's playing for New England as they were in the midst of building their dynasty, and he was in a backup role or the injury year to Brady. And then in San Francisco, you know, he had a season where he played 16 games, 15, 11. This year, he wins a lot of games. He doesn't. He doesn't put you in a situation where you're losing games. If he's got a good team around him, he's a winner. Regular season-wise, he won an NFC championship. He went to a Super Bowl. You know, the Garoppolo's the type of guy that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler have that figured out. They, they know those players better than anybody. They know Jared Stidham. They know Brady. The, guy, the guys that Ziegler and McDaniels know better than anybody are these three in this order, Brady, Garoppolo, and Jared Stidham. I'm, I'm pretty confident whatever decision they make on those quarterbacks will be interesting. Now, Aaron Rodgers is a different story. Lamar Jackson, people are texting me about that. Will he be franchised? The injury, what's going to happen there? Or the young draft picks. Those are all interesting conversations to have here. I'm a big believer now in Las Vegas. If the team was doing better, I'd still stay with the young quarterback and develop them if the defense was just loaded and the team was just... if If this team had a roster like the 49ers, okay, just look at that roster. If this team had a roster... Let's say, give, give, give me another good team that you think is really good, like the, the Tampa Bay defense. That Tampa Bay defense and what they drafted and who they had. If they had that on defense, I'd be like, yeah, develop a guy. It might take an extra year, but, you know, don't blow up the cap. You got a quarterback who's on the right path. This is Las Vegas. This is a team that won six games. They're going to have an opportunity to go big or go home. Okay, They're going to have a really nice opportunity to tell you and tell me on the radio what their philosophy was after they make the quarterback move. This is a very important time for them to remain quiet and not tip their hand because they're trying to move Derek Carr, we all assume. And there's draft picks that they can move up and back, so there's going to be a lot of guessing and people wondering what they're going to do. But when they do it, it'll be pretty obvious to you, me, and everybody else in the Raider Nation why they did it. And that's going to be coming sooner than later. And it could be shocking. It might happen really quick here. In the offseason, when the Raiders come to terms on a trade or an agreement on who they're going to bring in next, and it's going to make for some great radio going forward. And Jared Stidham, he didn't play great against Kansas City, but, you know, he's mobile. I like the way he's much, much more mobile than Derek. I think Derek's a better quarterback. He's a multi-pro bowler. But Jared Stidham proved that he could develop into being a pretty good player in this league. But it's, you can't beat Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert with a pretty good player. Maybe you can in two or three years, if, if Jared Stidham developed into one of those players, but it's not going to happen overnight. He's only started two games in his career. Shields Up is in Connecticut. Thanks for waiting. You're up next on the mobile app. Go ahead. How you doing, JT? Doing good, thanks. Thank you for
2: taking my call. Um, I got an idea, and you complimented him up and down and, and mm-hmm. you lauded his, um, his uh, work ethic and his will to win. How about Baker Mayfield?
1: I'm a Baker guy. I'm a Baker guy, as you know. I I think the Baker – I like Baker more than I think Baker is good. I think Baker plays well at times. I don't know if Baker's the right fit in this market at this time where the organization is with this new regime that they could kind of go in and fix Baker to be the type of guy they want. But you're right. I'm a Baker Mayfield guy. I told everybody on this channel going into that Rams game, watch out. He could come in in 48 hours and beat the Raiders, and he did.
2: Um. And how about a two-year contract, a first year guaranteed, second year, we'll see how he does, type deal, and um, maybe get a mid-round quarterback mm-hmm. in there uh, as a rookie or something, and uh, with we'll and have a three-way competition. Thank uh, you. Appreciate
1: call. call. Buddy. I, I'm, I'm not into a mid-round quarterback. I mean, Derek Carr was supposed to be a first-round pick, and Derek Carr was taken in the in the th- at the top of the second round. If the the Raiders have the seventh pick overall, if they want a quarterback, if the Raiders want a young quarterback, they can easily do it with their draft pick. They have a draft pick easily now to get a very good quarterback and trade up to lock that in. Trade up to lock it in because the Bears don't look like they need a quarterback. Uh, They're probably six back. They could be in the top five here. I tweeted out earlier today about the quarterbacks in the past that are under consideration. Tom Brady, a sixth rounder. 199th overall, fluke, complete fluke that he dropped that far. turned out to be the greatest ever. Aaron Rodgers went, the Raiders, remember, I tweeted this out just to shock people because the Raiders have the seventh pick, seventh. Aaron Rodgers, 24th pick in the first round. Jimmy Garoppolo, 62nd pick overall. That came in the second round. Jarrett Stidham, the 133rd pick overall in the fourth round. So you can get pretty good quarterbacks in the fourth, second late in the first or in the sixth round, if you believe in that theory, the Raiders have the seventh pick overall. There will be zero excuse for the Raiders to upgrade a quarterback if they want to. Zero. They can go get Tom Brady. Maybe Tom Brady retires. Don't know. I think that Tom Brady's really available. They could trade for Aaron Rodgers. I might be too expensive, and they got to figure out if they can move Carr. They could keep Stidham. And develop him and I think Garoppolo would love to come here because of Josh McDaniels and the fact that he worked with him. So if the Raiders want to make an upgrade at the quarterback position with a veteran, I don't think that's going to be a problem at all unless three of the people that they're going after turn him down. I don't think people are going to turn down Vegas. Like I said, I got the helicopter ready over at Mavericks. I'll take any of these quarterbacks on a tour of Vegas. No one knows it better than me. I'll take them out to the summit in Red Rock. I'll take it all the way out to Deep Henderson. I'll take it out to Lake Mead and have a yacht waiting for them. We'll do whatever it takes to get these guys interested if that's where they want to go. This is Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. One of the major reasons why Mark Davis moved here, to recruit football players who want to play in Las Vegas it's tough for UNLV football it's not tough for the NFL and the Las Vegas Raiders now they got to spend wisely and get some more superstars to come to Vegas